Blog Talk Radio. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go, 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 go. Over 24 million people that are going to lose health insurance. You can't continue to play with people's emotions like this, okay? Politics may be a game to you because you're in Washington, but it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. Again, I refer back to a civilized society where no one, not even the President of the United States, is above the law. However, Trump has a blatant disregard for the law, and he only likes it when he stands to benefit from it. How selfish, 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 selfish. You're now listening to The Provocation. You're now listening to The Provocation. Real people, real conversation. Real people, real conversation. You ready? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Back again for another session. Oh, man. Still a lot going on in the world, man. Absolutely, yes. You know, it's always a... it's always something to talk about, always something to vent about. That's part of the reason we did the show, because uh, this stuff gets frustrating watching it on a daily basis. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, man. I know I probably said this before, but I don't ever remember being this involved in the news on a daily basis. It's almost like it's almost like you got to pay attention to make sure you're prepared in case something crazy is about to happen. You just never know every day. Well, I think, I think, go ahead. I was going to say, we already a society that's dealing with a problem when it comes to anxiety, and I don't think the daily news cycle is helping any at all. Let's just be honest, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think what we're, we're, we've experienced at least these past two years uh, is this constant drama. Uh, in the White House, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like on a daily basis, man. Constantly, like, like, never has a president been talked about so much and covered so much. And I, I, be, I believe that what he, what he said earlier one time is somewhat true: is that uh, uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity. You know, even though you might be criticizing the administration, his name is constantly, constantly out there every day. It is the main focus of many of the conversations that are being held throughout the major news outlets. Well, in my opinion, I think um, he's going to see how bad publicity really can be when it comes to 2020. I think mm-hmm. 2018 was kind of like a signal of um, – you know, how involved people are now when it comes to these elections and um, that we just ain't going to sit by and stand for anything, man. 
You know, this just ain't the time to do that. Um, you know, you got people who, you know, we've elected in, you know, in D.C. who are just letting him run crazy. And I think 2018 mm-hmm. proved that, listen, we ain't going to go for that no more, man. The Senate is next and the presidency. We ain't playing around, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, they may have, it may have retained some seats, <clears throat> but um, before they can go ahead and start doing that little gerrymandering thing again, like they like they they you know they know for doing, and we'll get into that too on the show. Um, mm-hmm. We gonna make we gonna make some changes come twenty twenty. Best believe that. Right. We're going to make some changes. But in case y'all didn't know, man, you listen to the provocation, real people, real conversations. My name is Ron. I'm one half of the dynamic duo. And as always, I got my boy with me. And I'm Ronald L. Felton, the father and son tag team. The views on this podcast are clearly the views of myself and myself and not of any organization that either of us may be affiliated with. With that being said, we welcome you to Episode 71 and Season 2 of The Provocation. Hey, now, Ron, before yes. we get into it real deeply here, okay, what's, what's, what's today's date? Today is November 20th, if you didn't know. But, but does that have a, a significant meaning? I, I, I think it does. And, and your mother and I just want to express our happy birthday wishes to you, our only son, and that you, all right, the amount of joy that you have given both of us throughout the years. Yeah. Well, I, well, I know you you, you, probably, you might be sugarcoating that a little bit, but I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate I definitely appreciate it. You know, today uh, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Okay. Stay home and not do a damn thing. That's what I wanted to do for my birthday. <laughs> That's, That's exactly good. what That's I good. did. I'm glad you had that opportunity. Absolutely. I'm off I'm off work for the whole week, man. So, you know, I can't complain. Um, you know, at this point, all the birthdays pretty much feel the same. I don't feel any different than I did last year, you know. I, mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm I'm capable of doing the things I want to do. So, that's a good thing. I'm blessed to have I'm blessed to be able to do that. But I did tell myself that when it's time for the big 4-0, I got to do something major. That's only right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think I want to go. I think I want to go somewhere, maybe see some beautiful water, and you know, do maybe some type of new experience or something, man. That's what I want to do mm-hmm. for forty. So we'll see what happens next year. You know, but um, I appreciate right. you know the happy the happy birthday. I appreciate the happy birthdays that everybody sent me on social media, all the text messages I got. You know, I appreciate the love, man, because it shows that you know people do care about you, and uh, they generally mm-hmm. want you know want you to have a a, a good day. So. You know, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that, but um, yeah, man, thirty nine. You know, like I said, nothing feels too different as the birthdays go by now. But I do want to do something major for forty. But you know, it was a good day today, man, and I plan on enjoying the rest mm-hmm. of my week as well. Like, like I was telling you before we really came on, I haven't decided how I want to spoil myself for my birthday. So that's something I'm still contemplating okay. at this time. You mm-hmm. know, I ain't gonna go too crazy. I ain't gonna go too crazy, but. Maybe uh maybe a new pair of sneakers or something, or maybe some type of electronic device. You know how I do. Right. You know how I do. But um, definitely welcome back to the provocation. Real people, real conversations. Today is Tuesday, November twentieth, two thousand eighteen. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. 
I enjoyed mine. Hope everybody enjoyed their Monday and Tuesday. Hopefully the, the news ain't stressing you out too much. You know, I know it's kind of hard dealing with the same stupidity we see every damn day, but uh, mm-hmm. we just got to hold on, hold on to 2020. That's all we got to do. Yeah. Now, we are having a special one-hour episode today. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Today is going right. to be one hour because, uh, you know, it's my birthday. So let's, all right. I'm trying to hang out okay. a little bit more. You know, and uh, I also got to do some, some Thanksgiving shopping because the holiday is coming up. So got to get the food ready, you know, make sure we got that right for the upcoming holiday. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Hey, man, let me ask you a question, man. Since right. we, uh, since we're talking about the holiday, mm-hmm. what is, what is something that, what is something that you're thankful for this year in particular? Well, I'm thankful for for a lot of things. I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for, uh, yeah, for family especially. That's it. I mean, just the idea. I'm thankful. I'm thankful too because uh, I don't know if you remember, but back when I was first fell ill, and the doctors uh, they had given me basically roughly like three to six months. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm just happy that I've been able to spend this time. And during this time, I've been able to contribute not only to the family, but to others <clears throat> outside of the family as well, you know, to the community and stuff like that. So I'm just happy, man. I'm just happy that I've been blessed for all of these years. And I see, I see other people's stories on Facebook uh, and the things, the trials and tribulations that they're going through and, and they're surviving. So that, that, that gives me a sense of inspiration, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful that, um, I don't know. I've, I've just had a lot of good people in my life. You know what I'm saying? And a lot mm-hmm. of people probably can't say that, but I've, I've been blessed to have a lot of good, um, people I've encountered over the years, some, some good relationships I've built, some strong friendships and, um, you know, people who genuinely had genuinely had my best interests in mind. And, and I take that very seriously because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very loyal friend and it means a lot when I feel like that loyalty is reciprocated. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been blessed to have, uh, a lot of good people who show that same type of loyalty towards me as well in my life. And that's, that's important because sometimes, you know, you, I'm a person that doesn't like to ask anybody for anything. I do, you know, I, I'll struggle before I do that. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But um, I never worry because I know there's always people in my corner that I can call on if I really, really needed help. They would be there for me. It makes life mm-hmm. a lot easier. You know, a lot right. of people don't have that luxury. A lot of people just have to rely on themselves, and when you know, you know, things are down in the dump, there's really no escape. They just have to deal with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have good family and friends that can kind of, you know, get my mind off of things that are bothering me, or you know, point me in the right direction. A lot of my friends, mm-hmm. I take, you know, what I notice is a lot of a lot of my close friends are are almost like capable of seeing things that may be good for me before I recognize them. 
and I appreciate mm-hmm. them for that because they, they point me in the right direction. So that's what I'm thankful for, man. I'm thankful for all the good relationships I've built over the years. Um, you know, any of my friends out there listening, just know that, um, you know, I'm always in your corner, and I appreciate you being in mine. That's all I can say, man. And, and you know what else, but, um, Another thing, too, so, yeah. is, is uh, being thankful for the people that you have encountered throughout your life. There have been mm-hmm. people since I've been up here <clears throat> in Wilkesbury that have impacted my life, and they will – they may never – well, they won't because they, they've done the defeat, but the impact that they've had, the things that I've gotten from the wisdom that they shared, those things yeah. I will treasure always. Yes. Yeah. That's absolutely right, man. I've learned a lot from people I've encountered over the years um, that's, that's helped me to, to build like a just a, a perception of reality and how things really mm-hmm. are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very appreciative of that because I can pass down those lessons to my kids also and then, you know, hopefully it'll help them, you know, as they try to, you know, maneuver their way through society, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I've had some. I, I'll say I've had some great examples in my life um, that have shaped my perspective, and I hope to do the same thing with my kids. So yeah, I'm just thankful for all that, man. I'm thankful for mm-hmm. my health that I'm I'm able to to still walk and see and breathe and do everything that I want to do because not everybody has the ability to do that. You know, I thank God that you know even though you know financially I may not be where I want to be. But um, I'm able to take care of the things I need to take care of, and you know I have the ability to to continue to to, to try to get to that point, you know. Right, right. So it's just like I said, man. It's just a lot to be thankful for. That's why I have, I have more of a I have more of a positive perspective on life because it's just too short to be sitting here constantly stressing out over over things you really can't control. You know, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I just, and a lot of times you can, you can, you can kind of like find, find like solace in in the good people around you. And I'm fortunate to have a lot of people I can turn to, um, you know, for that. So, yeah, man. So I hope everybody, you know, takes a second just to reflect on the things that they're thankful for. That um. Everybody has a, a, a awesome Thanksgiving this year. Gets to hang out with family and friends, eat some good food. I know that's what I'm gonna be doing. You know, mm-hmm. Shoot, I might I might mess around. I might mess around if if the weather is decent. I might mess around, and bust out the grill, man. Who knows? <laughs> All right, son. Get you know, happy. You know how we do. You know how we do. We love a cookout. Oh, go ahead. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So. Really not much going on. This weekend we actually we um had the award celebration for the South Norfolk Bulldogs. <clears throat> All, right. All right. And uh good, good, good. You know, I once again want to give a shout out to all my boys. You guys had an excellent season this year. You know, we did we didn't win the championship, but we got extremely close and for us to be a first year team, that's 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 very impressive. Um mm-hmm. we were able to hand out you know, a lot of awards recognized a couple MVPs from the team. You know, 
And also, you know, the coaches, the coaches got an award too from, you know, from just, you know, what, what we did throughout the season. I think the best thing for me is I love seeing how, how much the, the boys love being around each other. Like they, I think we played right, a, a right. nice bro, a nice brotherhood this year. And also mm-hmm. the season was a success because I, you know, you can, you can see it in the parents too. A lot of parents was like, you know, right. at the end of the day, my boys have fun. You know, you guys lost the first game of the season, then you went basically on a seven-game winning streak. And the next game you lost was in the playoffs right before the championship. So we can't be mad. You know, the kids got better throughout the season. And a lot of parents are like, you know what, we are definitely signing up with this team next year. So that, in my mind, is a success, a success because, you know, it takes a lot, man. It's a lot to this coaching stuff. You know, not, it's not just about teaching the football, but it's also about giving life lessons and teaching these, these kids how to be young men. Um, at the same time, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. And I think um, this year was a good a good start to that. It was it was a success, and I hope we continue to build off it moving forward. But yeah, man, the ceremony went well. We uh, you know, had some we uh, we had it at a place called Why Not Pizza. You know, okay, we they right. they ain't sponsored right now. They ain't sponsored right now. But please feel free to if you decide in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We appreciate it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, let me ask you this question. Do do you have do you have any plans to basically stay in contact with these youth until the next football season? What the kids? Yeah, the kids. Yeah, me personally, I, I try to send out text messages and stuff to the kids to see how they're doing. You know, ask them how school was today. I even um, took the liberty of, you know. I kind of observed how the kids played throughout the season, and right. to help their to help their development, what I decided to do was I I pick an old school player and a new school player who reminds me of them, the way that they play. Okay, you know, right. So I sent I sent a, a text message and like, listen, in your in your spare time, check out some film from this person. You can go right on YouTube, check out some film from this person. Go on YouTube. That way they can mm-hmm. they can figure out. That way they can figure out how to um you know, kind of hone their skills, um, become right. better football players and, and, and kind of get them even, you know, prepared for the next season. So mm-hmm. my wife over here getting on me, man, talking about some, I'm borrowing her headphones. <laughs> Listen, mine's out of commission right now, okay? <laughs> right? Mine's out of commission right now, and we're we're married. So basically, like hey, you always hey, tell bro. me, What's what's mine? What's mine is yours. Same and vice versa. Okay. Hey Ryan, yes. yeah. I know this is a, a family podcast. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But y'all don't have to make it all in the family. Listen, why not, man? Shoot. <laughs> why not? You know. <laughs> but it's all good though, man. She know I love her. She got on my nerves. Hey, though. don't 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 be, don't be don't be don't be hating my daughter-in-law, man. No, I ain't hating on her. She know I love her. I'm messing with her. She gave me a nice little birthday gift though. She hooked me up for my birthday. You know. Oh, she did. She huh? got me uh yeah, she got this jacket I wanted, some uh, some sneakers I wanted, and I got me a um you know, I got a workbench too because I wanted to start doing some stuff, start building some stuff around the house. So she got me a workbench. And uh 
even when I thought it was over, she popped out with another gift. All my favorite, like little snacks oh, and stuff, and, and a wow. card and everything. Keep you know, you showering you with gifts. Yeah, she just keeps she just keeps showering with gifts, man. And then we went to oh. um, we went to a place with this place to eat called the Melting Pot, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Even even though we had to take a test to figure out the menu in the beginning, <laughs> it still it still ended up being pretty good, man. So I, I, I'll be honest, the dessert we got from there that we took home. Yeah, this is probably the best. This is probably the best. This is probably the best take home dessert me and Janelle has ever have ever had in our lives. I'm gonna be honest. Oh wow! Just, it was so, oh. and all it was was like it was melted chocolate, but it had like uh like the Bailey's Irish cream or something in it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But then they give you all these little treats that you can dip in it, like little Rice Krispie treats, pound cake, brownies, blondies. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. Uh, strawberries, pineapples, like it's just a whole bunch of stuff, man. And every right. single piece of that thing was good, man. You know. Wow. So wow. I had an excellent birthday. My daughter, my daughter made me a card. Um, she's okay. so talented, man. She's so talented. Mm. She made me a card, right? She said, right. It said, uh, um, have have a marvelous day. And then it had it had Spider Man hanging off a web on the one side of the card, man. Oh wow! It's crazy. She made it all herself. Good. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I can't complain. You know, it's it's been cool. Uh, you know, I you know, like I said, it doesn't feel too different from any other birthday at this point. But, um, I think I already told Janelle that I want to do something big for forty. But my birthday's been excellent. I can't complain at all, man. So that's really what's what's you know, going on on my side, I know I probably talked forever about that, but um, what's going on on your side, man? Uh, nothing much. Like I said, we're getting prepared for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. We we plan to uh, go down to Jersey and visit uh, your grandmother and grandfather as well as your aunt and so forth. And uh, yeah. uh, we're looking forward to having a very nice time. And your mother, she's been... Uh, Going to the uh, hair and and beauty salon, getting the nails done, all that kind of stuff. There, getting prepared, you know, because she wants to look her best, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that that's what basically we've been doing. And then, like I said, I got uh, because this is the Thanksgiving holiday week, uh, my dialysis schedule is different than it is normally. Where normally I would go Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. This week I right. go Monday, Wednesday, and then Saturday I get back into Saturday. So mm. it's going to be a nice to go tomorrow and then know that I got the next two days just to chill out, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking looking forward to that. But that's basically that's basically it. And you know, we had you know your mother spoke to you earlier about you know the snow that we got, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, over the weekend and stuff like that, and uh, it was a lot. It was a lot, but it's, it's, it seems to be uh, melting quite a bit, quite a rate. So it's not like it was, you know. So that's a good thing. But yeah, we're looking forward to the uh, to the, to the drive down to Jersey and just to celebrate and enjoy time mm-hmm. with the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could make it up there uh, this this um, holiday, but just can't do it. You know, next year I'm definitely want to make that trip. I have, I still haven't seen my little cousin yet, man. 
You know what I'm saying? I see the pictures mm-hmm. all the time because my aunt posts them, but I haven't got a chance to hold my little cousin. So I got to make it up there to do that, you know? Gotta yeah, you know, normally that. we would be down <clears throat> your way, man, celebrating the Thanksgiving, but we weren't able to do it this year. So we do look forward to coming down there, you know, sometime toward the end of the year, you know? I want to get everybody down here, to be honest. Maybe, you know, next year, if everything works out, maybe we can hook it up where the family come down here for Thanksgiving, you know? Because I know a lot of yeah, them haven't I, seen the heavens. Yeah, I know, you, I know your grandmother and grandfather have definitely have expressed, you know, the desire uh, to come down there and so forth, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But we just have to see how, you know, the traveling and stuff is for them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and even if they catch a flight, the flights here, they're not that expensive. And, then, you know, ain't no problem for me right. to go snatch them up from the airport. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But I definitely want to get them down here um, to come check out the house and we have, you know, family dinner here or something. But uh, you guys are listening to the Provocation, Real People, Real Conversations. You want to join the convo, it's 516-418-5467. Or hit us up on Twitter at the underscore provocation. That's for the eight and not an A. So let's get into some of this nonsense for the week, man. You know, um, mm-hmm. we got to come up here and vent because you know, something spectacular comes out the White House every week. But first, I want to get into one thing. How about um, how about these journalists mocking uh, Alexandria Acosta Cortez for what she's wearing, or or the fact that she's not able to afford an apartment in Washington oh, D.C. Hell no. Yeah, I hear it. That's that's you know. I mean, you can't, I, I can't even speak to that man because that's just like, you know, here's a person who identifies closely with the constituents that she will be serving, and you know, to 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 mock her, I, I, like I said, I, you know, that that is so so BS, man. I can't even deal with it, you know. Well, you know what? My thing is this, man. Like, I want them to do a poll of how many of those Trump supporters can afford an apartment in Washington, D.C. That's what I want to see. Right. Because, honestly, I feel like I'm doing pretty well, and that may be a major expense for me. I think it's a major expense. Yeah. I think it's a major expense for a lot of people, especially if you're going to be close by or in close proximity to the to the capital and stuff like that, you know, uh, I don't think those apartments are cheap, man. And I think, matter of fact, uh, if I remember, do you remember that, uh, what do they call it, that the house where a lot of the congressmen and stuff they stay in, you know? Right. They share, they, they actually share apartments, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so, you know, my thing is, it, it just shows you kind of like the resentment that they that these Republicans have for their voters, because to make fun of this, um, you, you're pretty much mocking the, the same people that vote for you, because a majority of them can't afford to do an apartment in, in, in Washington, in D.C. either. So that's right. And it's like, where, where are we at where it's like we make fun of the fact that a person can't afford to get an apartment in, in D.C. yet before their salary kicks in, or the fact that they wear nice clothes, we want to all of a sudden equate that to the fact that maybe she's lying about her finances. Well, I don't know 
you know, I pay attention to how my woman shops. And I'm going to tell you straight up, she's not buying all this expensive stuff. But they know how to find bargains and the stuff that she wears, it looks a lot more expensive than it really is. It really is. Yeah, you know that's one thing your mother knows how to do too. Yeah, she knows. Yeah, she knows how to hook I think up. If you, stuff, man. If you pay attention to to the way a woman shops, it's all. See, women have a dip. It's like there's dip. There's stores that women can go into where the prices are extremely cheap, and the clothes are of excellent material, and they look, you know, damn near expensive. Men don't have that same loyalty. I mean, that, that same luxury. You know, we have to spend mm. money. Also, I can't go outside wearing no pay less sneakers. That's just ain't gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Because they're gonna joke the hell out of me. Now, a woman can go to pay less and buy some pumps and everything. You wouldn't know where she got them from. Hey, Rob. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Now, your father said, if they fit my feet, I might pay that. Yeah. But see, I, can't, I, I ain't there yet. <laughs> but you know, I you know what yet. I'm saying. What I'm saying yeah. is, like, I I don't, you know, I'm not really into, you know, like sneaker things. So, like, man, I know, like, I I I see what you guys get, those uh, Nikes and stuff like that, and the price yeah. they can charge you, man. I ain't, I I don't think I ever ever paid uh, that kind of money, man, for for sneakers, man. I I, I no, I I know I have. You know, well, but me personally, me personally, um, yeah. I don't pay that amount of money for sneakers. Now, me, I wait till something go on sale before I get it. I don't have to have it right then and there. So, mm-hmm. you may see me with some sneakers that are worth damn near two hundred and fifty dollars, but I guarantee you, I ain't paid it. I ain't paid two fifty. <laughs> I bet you, you that. Know, and see, that's what your mom does too. She, she, she. Because she because she likes to go shopping, she goes, she browses, she sees things, and then when she go back, she said, "Whoa, this this was like this price uh, a month ago. Now it's like way down to this price." So where she was hesitating before, now she said, "I'm going to go ahead and make the purchase." She she she's you you're like her and like your grandfather. He's like that too. He He'll he'll wait things out until they go down. And I I'm pretty much like I, I don't I'm not into like all like the, the real like shopping and, and clothing and all that kind of stuff. I would like maybe if it was something electronic I might wait on a little bit, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 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 where I'm at, you know. But uh she's very that's, good at uh patient. And that's what I'm saying. It's like they, they reach to try to make somebody look as if they're not the person that they claim they are. But And, mm-hmm. and then some people will sit there and take that for what it is. Like, oh, yeah, she must really be lying because look at the jacket she's wearing. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but off a picture, I can't see the main tag of that jacket. Can you? No. Mm-hmm. So how do you automatically assume as if this is some expensive outfit that she's wearing? You don't even know who the designer is, number one. You don't know where she got it from. You don't know where it could have came from a damn consignment shop, for all you know. For all you know. And just so come out there and blur. Yeah. You're right about that. And blur out statements. It's crazy. It's like, it's, you know, it's just ridiculous. And I'm trying to figure out where are we at in politics where it's like we're just reaching for straws 
to try to make somebody look stupid. And you know, another thing too is they must really fear her for them to sit there and to keep trying to muster up to muster up things about you know her character or try to insult her because she can't afford an apartment right away or something like that. They must really fear fear for her or what she's or what the possible impact she can have in Washington. Yeah. Why did yeah. they spend so much time on, on Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? Why did they spend so much time talking about her? Mm-hmm. Maybe because she's speaking about things that their constituents really need. Maybe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe Medicare for all is something that all people can use, and probably the majority of Republican voters can use. Maybe they're scared I about think, that. Yeah, I, I think that's why you see. People like the Andrew Gilliams and Stacey Abrams, they go to those communities where um, where the Democrats have basically kind of like uh, shied away from to show that, hey, these things, they don't only benefit uh, minorities, they benefit anybody that, that falls into that, that, that category in terms of your income levels and things of that nature. This, these programs are designed... To help you, and, and, and you know, even if you are a middle class person and you have to go to the hospital, that bill can be substantial. And if you're in the hospital for any long period of time, man, it could, that, could, that could cause you to put, lose your home. And that's why, you know, it was, they were so concerned about pre existing conditions being covered and not being charged exorbitant premiums, you know? Right. It's crazy. They make it seem as if, you know, her, she comes with these radical ideas, but it's like these radical ideas that you fear so much, majority of your constituents can use this to help to make their lives better. So... Mm -hmm. My, you know, I just I don't understand how people fall into the trap of this. Well, you know, they I, I think Republicans have made a habit of running on uh, fear mongering, basically drumming up fear in people so that they get their votes. Because um, like you see, for instance, how they were talking about this caravan, and all of a sudden you don't hear nothing about it once the election is over with. You know. Yeah, they. You hear, you hear, yeah, they, yeah, they 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 definitely. But see, see their 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 voting block, which is primarily primarily older white men. Those yeah. uh, that that particular block is just dying off, and and they were trying to pull in the suburban uh, women, but because of Trump's behavior, they've now lost that particular block. So if you can put together a coalition of minorities, because I think Stacey Abrams, she had mentioned about uh, African Americans, like 90% came out. Uh, She had uh, white came out, like I I think up in the high 40s and stuff. So that's a good number. Those are good numbers. Asian came out in the, uh, I think uh, Hispanics came out in the 60 percentile. And Asians came out in a high percentage. So you could pull all of those groups in. Then they already see that's what that's basically what the Republican Party is doing. 
They're, what they're doing right now is dividing people, and they're using fear, and they're using racial bias, ethnic bias. They're using those two things to create the fear that people have. But when the people actually, if they came together, if they actually sat down and an example, a primary example, when we, when we, the first time we had a racial summit, we had three of them, three or four of them. And out of the racial summit came the diversity picnic. And the purpose of the picnic was to bring people together in a recreational setting where they could enjoy each other. And they find out just through sitting down, uh, playing games together, enjoying the music, enjoying the food, all that, you find out that you may have a lot more in common than you thought you did because you didn't know that person. You didn't get to know that person. But now you were were brought into a situation where you did get to know the person. And now that person isn't, like, if you're walking down the street and you happen to see that person, that person is no longer a stranger to you because you said, wow, I met you at the picnic. I remember seeing you at the picnic, something like that. So you got to get beyond those fears. And those are the things that, like you said, the Republican Party is now focusing, which is what Trump capitalized on. He capitalized mm-hmm. on ethnic and racial bias. Right. The the worst the worst parts of America is what he capitalized yep. on. Yep. And people were okay with that. That's that's what that's what's crazy. The the thing the worst parts of our country. The things that he symbolized, the, the things that he drummed up, people were okay with that. And I think I that's worry a lot of people. Yeah, because, and I know I used to tell you this quite often about what I've heard and what I've seen in the history books. And people say, in this country, whites have been taught that they were better than any other group. Now, there's nothing wrong with having pride in yourself, but it should not come at the expense of someone else, or someone else having pride. Your pride should not come at someone else's expense, okay, just so that you can feel good about yourself. Someone else shouldn't have to feel bad about who they are and so forth. So it was built up over the years. And, and what, what, what recently in a post that I believe I shared it was Lyndon Johnson. He was the he was the uh, he was the last president that won a majority of the white vote. Democratic president, the last the last Democratic president that won a majority of the white vote. And right. if you if you see what I posted, he basically mirrored exactly what I just told you about telling the poorest white that they could always look down at that person of color and know that they are better off. But see, that's not how it is any longer because people are, are making economic strides and things of that nature. But see, they, they've been told this, and that's what they believe, but it's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. And this was yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson, a President of the United States who said they would not mind you like like the question was 
why do they vote against their own interests? Mm-hmm. And he brought it. He brought it. He broke it right down to color. It's crazy. I can't. You will I can't stand no plainer than that. You want to ruin your own life just because you can't stand how a person looks. That's yep. crazy. That's like that, that amount of hatred. You need to look at yourself in the mirror, to be honest, man. Like you, you, you're willing to not do what's best for your family because. And the thing about it, the thing about it is that if if you are white in this country, and you put forth the effort, you can have a successful life. Mm-hmm. You can have a successful life. And you don't even have to put forth the same effort as that minority. Right. right. But as long as you make that effort, you you will have a good life and so forth. But that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that this whole Trump, like he will often say, this whole Russia thing, this whole Trump thing is about dividing. Mm-hmm. It's about dividing people who really, to be honest with you, have a lot in common. Right. Like that book that, that you took back home, The Forgotten, read that book, check it out. If you know anything about your own history, you'll see that those people, their ancestors didn't want anything any different than what our ancestors wanted. Right. Our, our, my father, and they left the South. Why? Because they were looking for better jobs in the North. Yes. So what their what their families wanted is the same thing our families wanted. And so forth. So I think a lot of commonality in that. And I'm saying your struggle isn't so much different from mine. So why why are we why are we being pitted against one another? I don't know, man. They, I think some people we just well not even gonna say we, but some of us allow ourselves to be to be brainwashed. They let the, the fear and the hate take over and uh we just mm-hmm. lose any any form of common sense, because if you look at the numbers and just use some common sense, you pretty much see that we all in it for the same thing. And a lot of people you yeah. vote for don't even have your best interests in mind, man. They're 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 putting That's forth correct. these policies that don't help anybody but themselves to put money in their pockets and their donors. That's it. And you know, and I can go along with different. That's why you have okay. The reason you have a Democratic Party or a Republican Party, okay, you can talk about different ideological positions and so forth, you know. And if you believe in smaller government, stuff like that, less regulation, stuff like that, then you will tend to line yourself up basically with the Republicans. If you yeah. if you believe in uh, making sure that everyone has a livable wage, uh, that there's health care for everyone, that um, the uh, education, everyone can afford a, a decent education, and so forth, then you may align yourself with a Democrat, and so forth. So I can understand, I can understand, and I understand that 
uh, Republicans, uh, they say conservatives. Uh, I'm somewhat conservative, but I'm not. I'm not. I think I'm more more progressive than than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I understand when the other party wins, and there's a benefit to you win that you get to appoint the judges that you want and things of that nature. I understand all of that. But some of this stuff that we're going through now, this stuff with uh, with, uh, with what they're allowing Trump to get away with, this is not this is not ideological. This is not ideological. This is not this is not putting country first. This is not patriotic. You know what about um what about Trump saying that I forget the guy's name. He's I think he's a he's a navy he's a former Navy SEAL commander, the one that led the oh, uh, the strike McRaven? on yeah McGraven. What's, what's his name again? McRaven. McRaven, I believe McRaven or McRaven. Okay. Talking about some, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we would have called Bin Laden sooner? Oh hell no! Now, okay, and this this is why I say. Wait, Ron. Can you hear me? I'm starting to hear you now. You hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. I don't know what happened there. You know, technical difficulties. But look, yeah. you're the president. You've been president for the past two years now. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that you don't know by now that it's the CIA that's in charge of finding these people and it's the Navy SEAL's job to carry out the mission? You don't know that by now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you right. So basically, what it shows to me is spending your time visiting your properties, uh, going golfing, and watching TV. You can't learn nothing about them at this point. Clearly, it's just it's almost like after somehow the way they're punching back. It's the most Ron, Ron, you're drinking up a little bit. Can you hear me now? I hear you better now. Okay. I'm saying in Trump's mind, it's almost like I have to find a way to punch back, even though it's the most asinine statement I can make in my life. Seriously. Well, I'm serious. You know, when he was, when Chris Wallace was doing that interview, it sometimes, if it weren't for. Going for getting arrested or something, yeah, you feel like you just want to slap him right across his head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that, that was not that was not his mission. His mission was once the CIA gathered information to say where this person was likely at. Then, not only that. So then when Obama gave the signal to go ahead, they had to, first of all, conduct numerous amount of training so that they could come out of there. They come out of there, first of all, with their goal was to bring the body of Osama bin Laden alive if possible, but if they had to kill him, they had to kill him. But <coughs> then to minimize 
minimize the number of lives. And if you can recall, two helicopters went in, and one of the helicopters, uh, didn't they fall to the ground or something? One of the helicopters? I'm, I'm not even sure, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean, that, <clears throat> that is just so ludicrous that this is what gets me. And that's why, you know, how can you, how can you, this person cannot put together, I can see why he would have a difficult time with Mo. He can't even answer Chris Wallace's question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, this, this is my thing, man. One, um, you know, for somebody who's, who has the military's back so you know so much that he loves the military so much, right? He first of all, he, he didn't even visit. He, he didn't even visit Arlington Cemetery on Veterans Day. Oh hell! Right, right. Yep. That's that's one. Then you criticize mm-hmm. a person who actually fought for the country who didn't get you know five five whatever ten deferments because they were too scared to go into war. You criticize them talking about some. Um, Bin Laden should have been found sooner. Oh hell mm-hmm. no! And, and then, and you know, it's just it's just like it's just so frustrating at this point in time, man. Did he also miss the? Um, didn't he miss something over in France when he was he was supposed to visit some type of military site over in France too? Yeah, to visit and didn't do that. Yeah. So it's like a for a minute, like. Obama stood out there in the rain and delivered speeches on Veterans Day. Even he went to Arlington Cemetery on Veterans Day. He's not even, he's not even a president anymore. Even he went to visit. Mm. So why why do they keep falling? It's the, this the only conclusion that you can come up with as to why they keep falling right into this man's lap over and over again is that they love the hate and they love the racism. That's it. There is no other explanation for it because none of this behavior makes any sense at all. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, that that press conference that he had outside of the White House today as he was leaving to go somewhere, they enjoyed that. The people that support him, the white nationalists, uh, whatever, the alt-right and the Klan, they, they enjoyed what he was saying. They enjoyed what he was saying. So, I mean, I think, I think you, you've come around to the conclusion, why do we bother? Why do we even bother trying to reach these folks? Because it's apparent that they are unreachable. You know, and then, and then, then you have the CIA basically saying that, yes, the Saudi prince is responsible for, for Khashoggi's death. Khashoggi's death, and Donald Trump basically says that despite whatever's been told to him, the United States is going to stand with Saudi Arabia. Oh hell no! So, so I'm, so this is where I ask: Are we just at a point now where human rights don't even matter at this point? Is it all about money? Is that where we're at? That's what that happens. We're just, yeah. We're That's okay. It's going to be viewed throughout the world. Yeah, we're we're going to do an arms deal with a Saudi prince who basically ordered the mutilation of a U.S. reporter or journalist, I should say. Mm-hmm. 
We do. Where is the man's body at? Okay? Where is the man's body? That doesn't concern the president at all. We, you know, it's we, it's too. We have too good of a relationship with Saudi Arabia. They're they're bringing all these. They're providing all these jobs and they're buying all these arms from us. And we don't want we don't want to let Russia or China get the sale. Oh hell no! What are we doing, man? What what type of example are we setting for the rest of the world, or even in our own country, that we're okay with this type of behavior as long as there's some type of uh, profit or benefit from it? I thought we were supposed to be the the we were supposed to police the world. We we're supposed to be the the beacon the beacon of of, of the example uh, when it comes to to human rights and and the way that we treat people. We're supposed to be the example for the rest of the world. We're gonna go ahead and sell all these different arms and stuff to a to a government who ordered the mutilation of a U.S. journalist. Yeah. Where is the man's mm-hmm. body at? Why is nobody asking that? Like, forget all this. Yeah, we came up with the fact that he ordered it. The bottom line is this: Where is the man's body? Right. The fact that they can't produce that shall immediately tell you that they are guilty. Immediately. Well, when the CIA says they they are they giving you information to say that this man is and he's trying to say it wasn't definitive, that can be that can be disputed because they were they're saying that uh Congress can I guess have the CIA come and testify and basically say what what and I guess say exactly what they shared with the president and so forth. What's happening now is that, see, everything, everything, if you look at, okay, I guess the best way I can say it is this. Look at all the regulations that he signed, that he he, he, uh, he uh, rolled back these regulations. And like I said earlier in one of our podcasts, regulations are created for a reason. There's either some safety hazard that is that they're trying to prevent or something to that nature. But they're saying like by rolling back these regulations, that makes it uh, available for these uh, businesses. Like if you're into the if you, well, the coal industry is pretty much gone. Uh, they're using uh, or you doing clean coal, but there's not as much coal drilling as it used to be years and years and years ago, okay, because right. of the hazardous that came from all of that. So, but what it sounds like, what we're seeing is that it seems like the people that, that run these businesses are more concerned about their bottom line, which is profit, than they are about the people that are working in those various industries and so forth. So that's what's happening. We have got to get we have got to get people in Congress that uh, represent uh, what the majority of Americans uh, represent. And, and, and right now, you have a lot of people there that are representing business interests, basically. 
you know, in my opinion, man, I think I think Donald Trump is a single worst threat to American democracy at this point, in my opinion. And that's what that's what uh, Admiral McRaven said, basically, to our Constitution. I mean, and he is. Look, just look at look at the shenanigans with the Department of Justice. Look at you know all the lies on a daily basis that he says to the American public, making people believe this bullshit. And it's like what people need is really. Get out of their bubble and do some damn research. Seriously, man. You will realize mm-hmm. that he does not care about you at all. Like, what what, what about Donald Trump says that he, he supports the working man? What, what about him says that? Seriously. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, come on, man. Like, you, you, you got to be realistic about this. Like, if you're a racist, just admit it. But if you're going to cast a vote, at least cast a vote for somebody who has your best interest in mind. The racism, you could teach your family all that you want to. You ain't got to even encounter another black person if you choose not to. Or if, if you see him, just don't say nothing. If, if, you, if it's so bad, just don't say nothing. How, how mm-hmm. bad is it just to be at least cordial? I ain't got to like you, but I could be cordial. Right. We just waste our time on, on, on nonsense in this country, man. This hatred and this racism is not... This is like the... This is the biggest hurdle that, that exists in the United States that we for some reason just cannot get over because people don't want to sit there and either realize not them but the people who came before them did some foul things to people and they need to take responsibility yeah. for that we need to have a real conversation I, I, I think there's always been these clashes against different ethnic groups what makes it, I think, even more challenging for us is the fact it is obvious when I walk into a room, you know right away who I am. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. There's nothing, there's nothing subtle about that. Now, in a lot of other instances, until a person fills their last name, you may not know that. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. So I think, I think the racial barrier. I think the racial barrier is the most challenging for the for for people to get over, and I think it goes all the way back. And I hate to keep repeating myself back to those things when there was these people thought they were supreme and better than everybody else, and I think that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a lot of that, and that stuff is passed down through generations. Yeah. We can go on and on about that, man. We're close to the end of the show. I will say this, though. You know, this this drumming up fear about, you know, people of color and all these people and stuff like that. At the end of the day, when it comes to history, people of color don't have a history against white people. White people got a history, a, a his, a, white people got a history of violence against people of color. Let's just say that. And not only that, but anyway. But most people of color... They're more violent among themselves than they are against, you know what I'm saying, any other group. Exactly. Exactly. For another good show, man, we down in 30 seconds. Y'all listen to the provocation of real people, real conversations. Want to bring you an hour episode, but we'll be definitely back next week. Pop anything you want to say real quick before we get out of here, man? I think I think we're out of here, man. I think just enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. Everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving. From the provocation, hit us up on Twitter. And with that said, we out of here, man.